Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. We had our first session of our third annual firecracker department artists way book club and I am just buzzing with inspiration. Let me tell you a little bit about the Artist's Way book if you don't know. Julia Cameron wrote this book and basically it's a 12-week program that takes you through different exercises and different suggestions and different sort of prompt questions to reignite your artist or remind yourself of your artist or just, you know, connect, have a chat, maybe a cup of coffee with your artist. And uh, as I said, we've done it three years and I've done it every year before Firecracker Department, I bought the book, honest to goodness, 25 years ago. It sat on my bookshelf. I'm looking at my bookshelf as if it's still there. It's not, I'm reading it. But I had it for 25 years before that. So it was so good to finally crack that open and get through it as a group. And that is one thing that I love. I, I know I'm not great with self-imposed deadlines. I know I'm not, but you put me in a group where I have some sort of accountability I'm all for it. So every week we get together, we have chats about the chapter and Veronica Martin, who is not only leading the Artists Way group, but she is also one of our actioneers and the head of the mentorship department. And she does, does this beautiful job leading discussion, asking the right questions to see if you can get deeper with your thoughts about where you're going on this artist's journey. And I love the way she leads because she does it not only with care, and love and grace but she's also super sassy and funny and i'm all about that so we just had this great discussion last sunday about the inner critic and whether that inner critic is your own voice or other people's voices that you've had over the years but it, it doesn't really serve any purpose here's my word of the year it applies to me i don't know if it applies to you or not don't be a wiener sneakers <laughs> and don't be a wiener like i have critics outside my head and inside my head. And if I let those critics get to me and stop my process, I'm just being a wiener. I'm just letting that be an excuse. So I can't create today because I'm feeling criticized or I can't do this because of this. I'm using this word wiener a lot these days and it makes me laugh. Uh, I don't care if you're a vegetarian or a meat eater, it still applies. I have to tell you, I did ask Siri because I didn't know if it was W-E-I. N-E-R or W-I-E-N-E-R. So I asked Siri and this is what she said. That's not nice. Anyway, I mean, it's not nice to be called a wiener really, but uh, it applies. So I'm saying that this is the year of no excuses, not making excuses to do the work. And also, I don't know if you saw my uh, year end post, but also just to keep going. Like, nobody's going to write your next draft. Nobody's going to do your next self-tape. Nobody's going to come up with the best idea for you. So just take a breath and keep going. And also, I love Emily Nixon. Emily Nixon is part of the Artist's Way group this year. And uh, she just reminded me of, like, the importance of sometimes taking a break and how that is also part of the work. Because sometimes you need to take a break to let things digest or go for a walk, get your artist's tank filled up a little bit with other things, nature, other people's art. The other thing I've been doing that has really inspired me is on my Instagram page, I'm kind of curating artists. 
So now on my feed, yeah, I get pictures of my friends and what they're doing. And I also get people that I admire, but then I get these artists work and I just love it. I love sharing them. I love supporting them. And I love the spark that it gives me whenever I see art in my Instagram feed. What are you doing to add sparks to your life? How do you keep those artist tanks full? I'd love to know. Let me know firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com or come at us at one of our social media platforms at firecrackerdept. We respond to everybody and I tell you each time somebody reaches out and engages through any of our platforms just fills my heart with firecracker love. So thank you. And now, oh my gosh, I love that this is happening. Here's a little something from the Triple W of the Firecracker Department. She is the producer of this podcast, our publicist, one of the actioneers. We call her the Triple W because she's a wonderful Winnie Wong. Here she is. Thanks, Naomi, for that warm intro. Hey, Firecrackers. Happy Lunar New Year. Welcome to the year of the Water Tiger. Lucky colors are blue and green. Lucky numbers are one, three, and seven. The flower is the plum blossom. And what do we have to look forward to this year? Well, the year of the water tiger is focused on connecting with others, taking risks, and having a good time. Party like it's 4720 and gong hei fa choi, everyone. Ah, uh, thanks, Winnie. It is the year of the tiger. It is, it feels it. Yeah, don't you want that as your ringtone? It's more of a tiger saber tooth. Who knows? Tiger lizard, maybe? Anyway, thanks, Winnie, for that, and Happy New Year to everybody who celebrates it. Our guest this week is Toronto-based screenwriter, producer, all-around fantastic human being, and actor, Nilu Handa. Oh, I just love me some Nilu Handa. I mean, she's one of those people that you spend a heartbeat with, a heartbeat, and you feel connected to. She's real, she's funny, she's weird in the best way possible. She's an artist. I've known Nilu for so long through the comedy community, and then we got to work together in Canadian Strain, and Nilu's just one of those immediate friends. Uh, we talk about that in this podcast, but she's one of those people that I just immediately connect to. I immediately resonate with where she is in her journey and we just jump right into in-depth discussions and I sure love that. I'm so glad she was able to carve out some time for us now to chat with her about her life because oh, it sure is exciting watching Nilu Handa just take over the world. I'll tell you, that name, you're going to want to remember it because whether you're seeing her on screen or hearing her words because she's a writer, I guarantee you she's already part of your life. Wait till you hear what she's doing these days. Neela wrote for and performed on multiple seasons of the award-winning comedy series, including CTV and Hulu's Jan, featuring our inaugural Blaze Award winner, Jan Arden, yes! PBS's Odd Squad. Oh, and by the way, Neelu tells a super funny story about Odd Squad in our chat, so stay tuned for that. She's also written on CBC Gems' Tall Boys and CBC and IFC's Baroness Von Sketch Show. Here's a little bit of trivia for your back pocket. Did you know that Neelu won a 2021 Canadian Screen Award for Best Writing, Variety, or Sketch Comedy for Baroness Von Sketch Show? Did you know that? Well, she did. I bet that's going to come up in some sort of trivia game in your future, so hold on to that one. 
Uh, you're welcome. Now, recently, she is a writer and consulting producer for CBC's Run the Burbs, CBC and HBO Max's Sort Of. This is just a show that is near and dear to our hearts over at Firecracker Department. It's with our friend Lal Bag, and if you haven't heard their podcast chat with me, you're going to want to catch up as well. It's just a show that just takes all the boxes of bravery and humor and kindness and surprise and all the things I love in a show. Now, Neelu was also a staff writer for season two of NBC's A Little Late with Lily Singh. And those sketches, let me just tell you, have more than a 100,000 views. It's really, really good. Now, when Neelu isn't writing, she has been featured in episodes of Star Trek Discovery on CBS, Amazon's The Expanse, which I might add also features 2021's Blaze Award winner Joe Vanicola. Yeah, we know how to choose them. ABC's The Bold Type, and she also plays recurring character Jade on CBC and Netflix's Emmy Award-winning show Workin' Moms. You could also see her on some web series including Out TV's Avocado Toast and CBC Gems Decoys. She's just everywhere and I am all for it. I'll take more. Yeah, I will. I also have to tell you that Nilu is dedicated. She is a dedicated advocate for increasing diverse representation in the industry. She has always been that. It has been a constant source of inspiration watching how she moves through our community. In 2015, Nilu created Merchy Comedy, and that is a live variety comedy night that amplifies the funny voices of women of color. I have to tell you, this was groundbreaking and it featured so many different diverse voices from first time stand-ups to seasoned pros. And month after month, it was sold out. We arrive at the comedy bar and we'd be like, what's this show? It's like packed. And it was another merchy comedy. So she was doing something right. And you're lucky enough now that it's on Zoom so you can catch up with merchy comedy. And it's just a great time. Trust me, you're gonna wanna go and check it out. And don't you worry, we got you in the show notes to the link for merchy comedy. Okay. Enough chitter-chatter, Sneakers. Let's get at her. Okay, without further ado, here is my chat with my buddy, Nilu Handa. Wow, this is exciting. Waited my entire life to talk to Nilu. Hello. What a treat. How are you? I'm good. So it's really nice to see your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to see yours, too. What is the Nilu like when she's not busy? Looking for things to do, I suppose. <laughs> no, yeah. I think I'm just in a stretch of my life, which has been the past, like, I don't know, 17 years. of just trying to like. <laughs> <laughs> don't you love it when you wake up and you're like, wait a second. It's not just been three years, it's been 17. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. No, I'm just unpacking things for myself and like uh-huh. learning and trying to get to like a, a more authentic place of me. I think like for any people that kind of like um, step away from what's expected of them, uh, like familiarly or like socially or culturally kind of thing, it's it's kind of tricky to find your place sometimes. I hear that a lot right now of what's expected of you, not only as a as a performer artist, mm-hmm. just artist, but also in in your world. Because I started in business, I just want to make Kramer jokes right now but I started like going to work and doing like a marketing <laughs> job and stuff like that for like Just a long time and... face everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly <laughs> wearing jeans on the bottom but right. a laser on top. and like I worked for uh, a bunch of like performance and writing adjacent kind of companies so like mm-hmm. I worked for chorus entertainment and much music and financial industry and like uh, adult trading 
and stuff yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. like just like things that were just like I just tried to find my sense of humor in there. Not that I just tried to find my audience there. Yeah. <laughs> basically. I get but it. it. It wasn't there. And fortunately I was able to kind of veer my life into um I was super depressed. So I took a second city course, uh the old improv intensive A with uh, Brian G. Smith, as we all know and love. And I was hooked. I was like, oh, these are the other idiots that yeah. I'm with now. These are yeah. my idiots here. This is great. And I just found the language. I didn't understand how people got into the biz, if you will. Um, in terms of comedy, I always thought it was just stand-ups who got famous. But like I knew like there was like the Martin Shorts of the world who like didn't do stand-up kind of thing, like had that happen. And I remember watching him on SCTV and whatnot. But I never thought of myself in that category because I didn't grow up with Mindy Kaling on the TV. Like yeah. I didn't grow up with any type of representation where it was like, oh, this is acceptable. It was always just like, you know, and it's that he died of like Baywatch and Elaine Bennis, which which God bless her because she's like heaven to me. Um, Julie Dreyfus, but like I just didn't see myself. So and I didn't know Hindi well enough to break into Bollywood. Uh, can't dance with shit. Tell you that much. Mm. Tell you that much. I, I'm uh, not, not much coordination. Not much okay. coordination. I mean, um, I'm going to I'm going to doubt that because I have a feeling <laughs> there's some sort of Bollywood comedy that you're going to work on at some point and we'll see you dance. I'm just going to put that out there, universe. Maybe. Who knows? I've always been in this place of like, oh, I'm doing something that's like very different than what's um, expected for a woman of my demographic and like being first generation and um, coming from a family that's traditional in, in their thoughts and like my older siblings have like done the thing that's expected of them kind of thing and I can see the benefits of kind of like sticking with what you've it like being comfortable in the world that you're mm-hmm. raised in type of mm-hmm. thing versus being the the black sheeps who are like I can't do this I have to go now <laughs> yeah I can't I really imagine you getting comfortable there though like I think they will I they didn't would, ever yeah yeah I didn't ever so that's why like the depressions would happen or like sure the feelings of like I don't I, I'm perpetually looking for some place to belong mm-hmm. so then when I found like Second City and stuff like that it was like oh this is great and it just like hooked that part of me um that was so grateful to be on stage and being like uh validated by applause mm-hmm. and seeing as like you know I felt that I was doing something that I really loved to do and it was just like you know a bunch of goofballs in a basement like yeah. asking for suggestions the light pineapple great let's go because with improv like your voice is your own right like you step on mm. stage and you represent yourself and who you are because you're not following a script nobody's writing your words you're your own voice that's true but the body is political so I know that whenever I get up on stage I would be the Indian woman yeah especially in improv it's a very white dominated field yeah. Um, at the time, at least, like when I was doing it back in like 2010, like when I first started, it was like, you know, and I went to the easy low hanging fruit for myself, which I know would make people laugh, which was like the Indian accent or, you know, I don't know that I, I was very confident on stage, to be honest. Like I, 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 <laughs> I love improv, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, Hey, let me, let me get up there for a set at, at the night, at the end of the night kind of thing, you know? It's magic, and I love watching it because when it's good, it's fantastic. But when yeah. it's bad, so I'll be in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like swallow me up, please. Yeah. I yeah, I just feel like it was it was good for me to get my get my bearings and like it goes hand in hand with like the therapy I've been doing. I'm with the therapist. 
I love oh my it. gosh. Oh, you're the only one. I know. That's I know. Bad. It's cool. Amazing. You should try it sometime. Yeah, you just talk <laughs> to somebody. Just talk at them. And uh, they listen great. and it's just they all about to. you. you sounds you miserable. You can just listen and then they interject and be like, ah, uh, that's a great part. But it's about like, I think it's like the deeper part of it is like just being able to have a voice mm-hmm. because of like, you know, uh, a lot of times we're not listened to when we're young girls in, uh, in a household. Or whatever, no fault of my parents. They were just kind of following what they thought yeah. was best and what they knew kind of thing where the culture is very uh, skewed towards favoring boys and things like that. So the women just typically aren't listened to. And it's not good. It's not right. But it's what I had to overcome because my desires weren't aligned with that whatsoever <laughs> kind of thing. I get it. Right? Like just was that a that- hard like transition with your family though? Like when you sort of, because that must have been really tricky to found your your weirdo people mm-hmm. and gone, oh my gosh, this is where I need to be. And mm-hmm. your, your family going, but this is against what we need from you. Yeah, I, there was something something in that where I was just like, I didn't tell them anything, really. Yeah. I just did it. Like, I just quit my job <laughs> just, and just like told them like three months later. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing mm-hmm. of a buffer between where I live and where they live that I didn't have to bring that up in conversation very much which sounds weird and twisted but every family is fucking weird so whatever but they didn't have to say anything when I was feeling vulnerable or like oh maybe this was a bad decision because work wasn't coming and I was renting out my place on Airbnb and like right. sleeping at friends houses or back at my parents house for the weekend or whatever uh you know I had the internal voices already built in so it was just kind of my own time of like sorting out if this is going to work but I just had this like ever since I was little I just like wanted to do this and I didn't know what this was but I found this thing now so it's like mm-hmm. oh this is the thing this is that place where mm-hmm. um, I'm using my voice and I'm contributing something I remember being working at like other jobs and just being like what is my impact here what right. is my purpose here are you going to see this Excel spreadsheet is it going to matter to you? It doesn't matter to anybody. I'm having a great time with this pivot table, but you tell me if this is going to like help with like life or yeah. do anything for, for me. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is not to knock like corporate jobs because people have different priorities in life. But mm-hmm. I think for me, I just wanted to um, find that like deeper purpose for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it was. And, and it, and it, you know, this improv and this acting and writing stuff kind of aligns with all of those things. It's so hard to remember who I was before now, which oh, yeah. is very nice because I like being this version right now that's trying to figure things out and like facing things head on and like getting these wonderful opportunities to work in rooms that are like fantastic and uh, such good learning uh, environments for me yeah. and working with people that I really respect and admire. Yeah. Yeah, I have so many questions. Where do I start? Oh my God. <laughs> well, do you remember? Do you remember a moment? Because I I also think when we dive into our dreams, like when I when I think about those days where you're like, oh no, this is what I want to do. Like as soon as I knew I wanted to be an actor, and as soon as I found Second City, I was like, mm-hmm. nothing else. Yeah. 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 And I never looked back. Right. And I wonder, like for you, because where you left in marketing and also your family, there was a level of security that yeah. you had to jump in and have, weren't yeah. you on a show that you had to like travel 
a distance like to Scarborough or something like that so like that is taxing too and you kind of like you know you're on the TTC going I could be eating craft services at my marketing job (laughs) yeah yeah commuting always sucks but I still find that with us like now I'm still Mm -hmm. commuting at places but whatever I'm going to something that I like more yeah yeah and so you never looked back like once you found your groove that way oh of course I did 100% of course yeah. there was because there was times when I wasn't really working that much and I remember sitting there I remember I went to go visit uh my parents on like a Tuesday god bless me and I was watching like prices right with my dad and there was a like a DeVry commercial that came on and it just went through this listing of like careers that you could have and he just looked over at me and he's like so have you thought about what you're gonna do <laughs> I'm just uh, like I have a university degree and you want me to like take up a trade just for like the sake of like having something stable and I get it but yeah. I just uh I needed to like do the thing I needed to do so there was definitely doubt I had moments of like what the fuck am I doing yeah I definitely had that in the early days but then how did you keep the faith you know I really credit uh Yas Queen for it which I which I is now talk about called that Mirchi um yeah. but that show I created in 2015 after we did like a fellowship program for people of color and it was like putting up a uh, original show at the end of this like I don't even know how long it was with like four months or something and it was 14 of us and it was just this, this group of like incredible people like incredible performers and mm-hmm. um you know Second City was trying to beef up their uh their roster for uh diversity and stuff like that which uh, i commend them for it but it was just something um but they (laughs) but we put up this show at the end of it and um they didn't expect it to sell out but it did and it was like thunderous applause at the end of it and it was like they we have something here like we have something really wonderful here um and they didn't have space for us to remount it so i i kind of took it on to be producing something for us and we went to bad dog Mm -hmm. and julie osborne who's an angel Mm -hmm. on this earth um she's the artistic director at the time um she was just like yeah whatever you want to do after we put it up for three days she was like if there's anything else you want to do because it was very apparent in toronto that there was this kind of like gap of Mm -hmm. like things that would service that audience and those performers and something that wasn't just like you weren't just token ads on an improv show or like the one of kind of thing so because I had such a strong group of women during that Bob Curry thing it was like oh let me let me try this like show for ladies how about that let me try this like show for women of color it ended up being like a night of like stand-up and sketch and improv and stuff like that and um the first show was like Mm, pretty well attended like I think we had a few seats left but um it was just like it it just the the energy was just Mm -hmm. like something super super special so uh one month turned into like six years and counting now Uh, yeah yeah and and it's been it's been a wonderful kind of journey with it but that really did keep me kind of busy for uh, a lot of my time especially when I was first starting up, because I didn't, I didn't quite know uh, what I was doing, but I would, I would make everything on my own kind of thing, like all, yeah. <laughs> all the the posters and like, yeah. Uh, yeah, just the advertising and stuff like that. So it was good. It was good busy work, and it kind of pleased that business brain of mine. Yeah. Um, and then it got busy, and then you know, as the what's the rule, Murphy's law, Occam's razor, whatever, the, whatever. It's just like the busier you get, the busier you get. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah uh is that an original did I just make that up I mean I can put it on a t-shirt and then it's yours thank you 
yeah you got it. appreciate that so then yeah. work just started picking up after that and then yeah and then I think I was very satisfied with the work that I was getting like I was doing commercials and like um <laughs> for a period of time I was being like a um you know an actor for like uh Ryerson for their like uh, student training program so it'd oh, yeah. be like a dietitian like a, like a customer or whatever client yeah. or like the law program needed like love it we were getting divorced and stuff like that and like <laughs> it's oh just God. like fun to like play with that stuff uh, but there was always like projects coming up and uh, yeah I was able to I was, before I before I kind of took the big leap I was able to kind of like have like a bit of a saving so I didn't have that terrifying pressure of like right. not having money so I feel like that was also very helpful in terms of like making sure I had enough time and space to explore the things that I wanted to do and I also just like said yes to everything basically because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's kind of what you have to do I, I felt where it's like you, there's no benefit to saying no to something unless it's like bad juju which is one of the jobs I should have said no to because it's really it gave me like PTSD for like a year or so after. really yeah it's really funny do you know Jen did you uh she did my tarot and this was before I knew about the job existing and she's like yeah next year you're gonna take a job that is really like not good for you but just take it because it's like it's what you need to be doing right now. Like, just wow. take it. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And like, I'm picking and choosing what I want. And right. then I got this job and I was like, oh, wow, you fuck. Okay, all right, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's this thing. All right, I got it. It was just like, I didn't have my voice in that room. Mm-hmm. Like, I, And it was like, just like archaically, like passe in terms of like how they treated women and people of color in that room. Mm-hmm. And it was like offensive, but there wasn't really any recourse uh at the time which which I I kind of wish I had said something because I don't want other people to be in that situation yeah but the problem is that other people were so hungry for the job that they would put up with it which is I get it it wasn't it was like 2019 (laughs) 2018 you're finding a voice in the in the work that you were doing yeah and just saying yes to everything and being able to be like okay I'm gonna do this and then and then you know, the ball gets rolling and then people start knowing you and that feels nice. I think I had this period, I did have this period early on where it was like, oh, I'm being hired because I'm a woman of color. Like I can, I can write something. You can feel that? Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's intentional, but there is definitely a mandate in the industry to increase diversity in the whole world. There is right. Yeah. So yeah. there is this moment, I think for most people of color where they're like, are you hiring me because I'm the best person for this job or because I'm checking a box for you. Right. But I think I'm at the point now where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good at what I do. So um, it's not about any of that stuff now. Yeah. It feels like for me. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how like white dudes feel when they get hired. If they're like, why are you hiring me? You don't, you don't need me. You're not supposed to be hiring me. Maybe I'm just checking a box for you <laughs> to get, oh my gosh, we're going to need some more white dudes in our room. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. Do you feel <laughs> like, um, that. well, you know, that, that whole like saying yes to things like, cause I have that too. Like, I don't want to say no to anything. Cause I have a fear of it never coming back. Do you have that now, or do you feel like you're in a groove where you can turn down things and be more selective? I, I, yeah, I'm like able to be more selective now. Like, I think a big thing for me is like if I'm the right voice for it. Like, if there's like there's a development project that was featured that was featuring like a really specific 
like marginalized uh, voice of a character. And I'm like, I don't have the experience to speak mm. for this person. That's happened a couple of times actually, where I've had to be, be like, I like, it's just not, I'm not going to know what to write for you. And I, there's someone else out there who's probably dying for something like this to do. And I'll, sometimes I'll just refer, I'll just refer them to people and being like, this is your person. Here you go. Yeah. Right here. Well, I was thinking about like when something comes that you're like, oh, this isn't my voice. And I have mm-hmm. two questions. A, what do you think your voice is? And B, don't you think with research and interviewing and connecting with folks, we can find out those voices? Like, don't you think, like, if you had to write for me, mm-hmm. don't you think that you probably could adjust your world to to finding out how to write that? I, I think I could. Like, I, I, I think that that way doesn't bother me like I I I, hear, I could hear your voice and I could write for you because you're I I, I know your <laughs> I know your goofiness by now and hopefully I can write jokes that are up to your standards oh my gosh funny. can I just take a little sidebar and just say the time that we had on set doing Canadian Strain I, one of my favorites and that and, I, and I'm not belittling this but the when you find somebody that is like a groove like you, like a chemistry, it's so addictive. It's so addictive. Yeah. And then every time like I see your name, I'm like, oh, I want, oh, but I need, <laughs> like I want to hang out with you because like I remember being in like the the um, makeup room getting and we just like we just went oh like right in. Do you remember? Yeah. Like we went right into oh, like big discussions. Session. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. was no like, what are you watching yeah. on TV? And then no. I also remember being on set and going, anything that she throws at me or I throw at her is going to be something exciting. And I just, right. it just gave me a confidence in playfulness, which was. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. But that's like kind of the improv genius of it all too, right? Because we both know that idea of like, yes, ending. I would say and yes <laughs> and to that, but I would also say mm-hmm. there's chemistry. I think that the chemistry isn't something that you can always find even if you're both improvisers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can see that like you know when you see like a talk show and you're like those are both funny people why isn't this working right right and it's just I don't know it's a je ne sais quoi hey man we got it it's a I don't know what anyway let's go back though let's go back to your voice and writing for somebody that you don't necessarily um yeah so I was right I was I think it just it, it's the other way around where it's like if I know that like the character is like or the the kind of like the base of the show has to be from a perspective that I haven't had a lived experience of mm-hmm. and I don't understand like mm-hmm. it's easy it's easy to be generic about things or like you know this is like what it is to be a first generation kid or like what have you but like there there are things that I'll never know and I think projects will be better served by people who can speak from that experience mm-hmm. and that uh, have that like viewpoint of life because because that's what we look for in mm-hmm. entertainment you know that strong point of view and something that really says something at least I do anyways but like for instance for sort of it focuses on it like a, a South Asian family part right. of it which was like we were like I me and uh, Ian Iqbal Rashid and Bilal we were like able to like speak about what it is and where yeah. it comes from and like all the little nuances of it all and like the so you know, yogurt container and stuff like that like there was there's a lot of things that we were able to kind of like pull out which I think makes things richer for it and uh, you know it's it's that's the joy too, to be able to talk from that perspective and be yeah. able to bring something to the screen that people haven't seen before or you haven't seen before 
Yeah, those specific things too, right? When Mm -hmm. you see the connection and you're like, that's not only funny because you've resonated with a community, but it's also educational because I'm Mm -hmm. like, I didn't know that's what your childhood was like. It's so freeing when you see, it's the the similarity, the collaboration. Mm -hmm. Oh, we lived Mm -hmm. through that same experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's it's nice to find those kind of like like like-minded people. And then like the experiences where you can relate to it, right? Because that's what it is. It's like you find you do something relatable, even, you know, a specific TV show might not be anyone that you see on that screen, but you feel like you're connected with it. Like we're watching Seinfeld right now. And it's yeah. like, what the hell did I have in common with for like white New Yorkers when yeah. I was a kid watching it, but I loved it and I still love it. And it's because like they do very uh, universal and relatable storylines. Mm-hmm. It's all, oh yeah, like these are all like very human foibles that they kind yeah. of look at. And we all have that. And I think that's kind of like the beauty of it. But when you when you take something specific and talk about it, um, I, I like culturally or ethnically or something, I think I think people enjoy watching either finding something new or finding something they can relate to in those mm-hmm. moments, mm-hmm. which they'll always have, which relatability will always be there. Yeah, um, you just have to convince people at the top that it's <laughs> people want it. You know, they're yeah. hungry for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you think that is for you specifically? Like when you go into a room, what do you know that you bring to the table that nobody else does? I think I'm always an advocate for diversity. Like there'll be a tertiary character that they'll feel right for, and it'll be like Tim or something. And I'll be like, can can he be Celine? Like, can you just yeah. can you just do Please. that for casting because it's going to be harder for casting to be like, hey, here's a Tim. And also like for the actors too. Like I've auditioned for things that are, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. And I auditioned for a TV show where um, the character's name was Tiffany. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot think of myself as a Tiffany. Like, I don't know how that is. If you put like something else, if it was like a, you know, a Nina or like something that felt geared towards, mm-hmm. you know, including people. I'm not saying that I wasn't capable of doing the part because I did get the part in the end, but it was just like, there's this barrier that happens for me. And I don't know if other people feel this too, but it's like, oh, this isn't made for me. This isn't, mm-hmm. you don't want me as an actor and you're putting me in there because you need more diversity or something, but right. that's not what it's built for. That's not, that's not what you're writing towards. Mm-hmm. You're writing towards something that feels easy and low hanging fruit, but have you even built in like a bunch of like names even that right. feel like you could cast a wider net with your casting because sometimes casting directors get very pigeonholed in who they'll bring in. You know, I would wonder if, you know, if it was a Fatima or something that they would bring in the other people, like <laughs> white people or something. Yeah, I'm not going to go out for a Fatima. Right. But I, I hear what you're saying. It is a great, it's a great challenge to casting to say like, let's start choosing names that are way more open. Mm-hmm. So that you're actually the proof's in the pudding, right? So when you mm-hmm. say diversity, it, always appreciated, all ethnicities uh, suggested, but then you're like, really, is it? Because if you're saying Tiffany, you're actually not including everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how do you find sure. those names that are like, or or do you say it's it's Tiffany, but name can change based on casting? Yeah, sure. I just think better yet, just to make it diverse off the top yeah. instead of like having having blinders but you know that's 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 one instance and I'm sure you know that show didn't do it like all across the board where it's Mm -hmm. like always going to be a name that's not relatable kind of thing (laughs) but I mean I don't relate to Tiffany either so uh, you know what I mean like (laughs) this one's not going to get Tiffany either but um but I have a very 
personal experience for that but it just feels like bringing diversity to the table and bringing like more inclusion is Mm -hmm. an important thing yeah do you ever feel like that responsibility is heavy I don't feel it's heavy but I do do it every time like I I don't shy away from it and I think I've been uh, enough rooms where my voice is allowed you know what I mean like I'm allowed to say these things Mm -hmm. um I remember when I interviewed for Jan with Jenica and Leah (laughs) they're like so do you have any ideas and based on the pitch deck that they had sent out and I'm like yeah the character Kale can't be a white man it has to be a woman of color like it was this like easy thing that I saw very Mm -hmm. clearly that felt I was very nervous to say it say it uh I was like should I Mm -hmm. say this thing because will they be insulted by it but thankfully they weren't and Kale ended up being a woman of color Mm -hmm. so being able to like speak up with things like that I think it's been an asset for me where you kind of need people who won't say yes (laughs) I'm kind of the person who doesn't say yes all the time (laughs) or it's like I'll poke the holes and uh I'll be like I'll challenge things it's really infectious too like it is like when I start I remember we did a reading and um um, it was like a love story and Joe Vanicola stepped in and was like why does this love story have to be a male and a female and I was like yeah like why aren't we challenging in writers rooms of that too like I think that we're all starting to change our brain and start to opening up you know when you see scripts and going okay where can we find more inclusivity within these these uh, ensembles and casts mm-hmm. but I don't think mm-hmm. we always do it with them um, gender diversity yeah probably not no but it's like, it takes yeah. those people in the room to be like, I don't see myself here. I don't yeah. know. But don't, don't we have to look after each support. other? Like mm-hmm. what happens if there isn't somebody who's um, a trans folk in the room and there's nobody speaking up for them? Like, I feel like, like I want to, I want to watch those shows too. But yeah, I think more people are getting conscious towards like bringing the voices out and bringing them up. I think so. Yeah. Like I'll see that from anyone in the room. It's like, what if we do this instead? you know yeah. and it's it's cool it comes from everyone's voice yeah everyone's got their own opinion about it or pushing like the women to be a bit more uh, have more agency like yeah. that kind of thing or flawed more yeah, flaws right. in a woman like I think that's yeah. changing now but I think for a long time nobody understood that women were flawed people so mm-hmm. let's not show that on camera yeah no kidding yeah. so now you're you're um addicted to being busy is that okay not- I'm I'm trying to get into it over here no it's fine I'm I'm able to like take a break um right now which is nice like I got commissioned to write a uh, Christmas movie so I did it and it was very fun missiles Mm -hmm. on time machine look for it on Tubi in probably 2022 um but it's uh but it was like a really great exercise and it was a really fun project for me and I just handed my first draft so I'm sure I'll get my notes and be able to do second draft and hand that in for January or whatever but right now it's just like uh I'm doing like a lot of meetings and I've got a couple of auditions and I'm doing acupuncture (laughs) and have a naturopath because I've had bronchitis for a really long time and I'm just trying to like get it under control and like heal it uh so I have been taking some time to kind of like take care of myself which Mm -hmm. feels very nice and then spending time with my partner and seeing friends and things like that and doing Mm -hmm. things that feel normal a little bit just because I'm feeling a little stir crazy right now where I'd like to leave Toronto for a little bit but I you know safety wise mm-hmm. got this om- Omnicrom or whatever it is come yeah 
I know. Yeah. The numbers aren't looking good. My yeah. partner showed me up for New are you, Times map and stuff like that. Were you in lockdown with your partner? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was that um, was that new for you? Like, how was that experience? Because because I, I this is what I think happened during the pandemic. Uh, either people were discovered that they really shouldn't be together or discovered that they really should be together. <laughs> yeah, we were the latter. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. <Until> each other. <laughs> Thrived. Yeah. It's wonderful to be with someone that you can be with, but also it's just for mental health and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I feel a lot of compassion for the people who are alone during the pandemic. Oh my God. Um, I don't know how that would feel kind of thing. Like I have a friend who, who was, but we tried to like kind of connect as often as possible and like not able to like CC each other, but like FaceTime and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel very grateful for, she's right there. So I don't want to like, <laughs> okay. You can't say too much. <laughs> Cause she's going to feel like, I'm bragging. you know what I mean? Like, I bragging. Oh, like, we're so great. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I get it. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. So it feels yeah. like you're in another chapter of your life. You've got a partner that that you like enough to be in, in a lockdown with and that you make each other yeah. laugh. And right. then you've got this these projects that are div- diverse in their attack, like things like, you know, I know you were working on Baroness, which is sketch, and then Jan, and then sort of like they seemed like you've just got a great buffet of life going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do feel very fortunate about that. And I have like an American manager now too. So I'm kind of like right. taking meetings with like Americans and like when they say stuff about like who's attached to their like projects and stuff, I'm just, it's like blows me away about yeah. like just how we don't have a star system and like no one, <laughs> no one's that impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, that was insulting. I'm sorry. But you know No, what I mean? no, but like, it's true. Like I get that. different yeah. weight when you hear like, you know, Chelsea Peretti is doing something with them versus yeah. like, you know, not that. Uh, yeah. not that I mean, it's not to say that we don't have people that you uh, admire in Canada and would like to work with. And when they say this person's attached, you're like, oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's just something, I don't know. There's just, um, it's the star system thing, right? Like, yeah. it's like just that idea of like, we've watched this person's work a lot and we're fans of it, you know, yeah. and sure there's plenty of Canadians that I could lump into that category too, but just, it's, yeah, it's uh, maybe it's that like, just grew up on a steady diet of American television exactly. all my life so so seeing those names is uh very thrilling yeah and are you like the kind of person that goes this isn't gonna last or are you like this is great and I can't wait to take it to the next level yeah I think I'm the latter oh I, yeah right yeah I don't know I, I used to have that fear about it like uh, being afraid of like security about it but now I'm just like oh we don't have to worry so much we don't mm. we just let go of that type of worry 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 like it still comes up for sure I'm like oh my god I'm gonna am I gonna be in season two of the room I don't know like right. uh, are we gonna get a green light like is it gonna be is it gonna keep going am I gonna get hired for this project but I think there was a saying that a friend of mine told me like in early days when I was like kind of spinning my wheels in this industry kind of thing and it's such a simple thing but I go to it all the time where it's what's for you won't pass by you I say that one all the time. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think it's, it's a, just like, somebody yeah, said just it's a Scottish it... thing. What's far you oh. won't go by you. Maybe that's love, Irish. I love the Scots. Love yeah. them. God bless them. But it just makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. like, it gives you this kind of detachment. I used to be really like caught up with like getting things if I auditioned for it. And I, it still happens from time to time for sure where, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of fret about it if I don't get it, but it's less now. It's just, it's, I, I, 
it's happened so many times where like I'll get let go from a job or something like when I worked at Lily Singh uh, for season two the business affairs department found out like 13 weeks later that they had hired a Canadian and it was like a nightmare for their oh. accounting and stuff I didn't get paid until like the last day because they couldn't figure out how to pay me um and they had to let me go because the business affairs were like we can't do this anymore like it, right. it just can't happen so I didn't work back after the season which I was disappointed about but then if I had I wouldn't have worked for tall boys and run the burbs and all that stuff so it's like things will unfold the way it's supposed to unfold and fortunately you know that means like I'll get like I've been getting more work in those times versus like okay this is like my quiet meditation time of right. like figuring out what life's about <laughs> oh you're so zen you weren't always like that tell me you weren't always I'm like not that. always I'm still not always like yeah. that no what are you talking about I know we try no. right yeah we try. yeah it's part of it right like I mean the thing that I keep trying to tell myself lately is that you know my my pop died of cancer last year and honest to god when we left the doctor's appointment when he got the um the diagnosis he looked to me he was like isn't life exciting mm. and I was in tears and I was like tell me more about this but I I what I took away was like life is exciting like it, we don't we're not gonna tell the stories when life is boring we're not going to remember the stories of like, I remember the day that I woke up, I had a nice bowl of cereal. Uh, I spent the day walking and talking. And then at night I had a nice sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to remember. I'm going to remember the days where no. I, the cereal was open and there were maggots in there. And I somehow managed to keep my breakfast Eating down. You know, I mean, it's life. Like you're living life in a, in a heightened positive way, but it's also part of our journey don't you think that it ebbs and flows yes very much so it is it's just holding on to the roller coaster and being okay when it's like just plateauing <laughs> yeah yeah what's your big thing what's the thing like it, it does feel like the world's your oyster right now and is there something that you're like oh, I really want to do this I have a, a development project that I'm hoping to oh, I have a production company for it but we're just about to start selling it like shopping around kind of thing and I would like that to go and I would like to kind of take a take a stab at the old show running and it's like the it's like the concept that I really really love and I think it'll resonate with a lot of the world so I'm excited for something like that to take off it's fucking hurt in Canada to get anything off the ground but you know there's there's other things too there's another idea that I've got that I'm that I had someone interested in yesterday which I just like kind of like it's been living in me for such a long time and then I was just like I was like oh come up with something right now <laughs> share something it. with somebody um and then I just like spit it out and it felt good to like share it out loud mm -hmm. um so that's exciting to be able to kind of have this like germ of an idea to grow right now mm -hmm. um and owning an island that I can just go to ah and live on maybe yeah and with good wi-fi yeah wi-fi hot tub whatever you need you know what i mean margarita <laughs> bar right all those things. yeah 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 mm -hmm. i mean there's there's so many pinnacles in our life like i don't think there is just one but i think like do you ever worry that when you get to do the show running of your own show your own creation that you really love that you might look around and be like oh all right like dissatisfied with it not dissatisfied but like 
you know, like I think in our, I don't know how to put this, but I think in our journey, like we sort of put goals on such a pedestal that when you get there, it can't possibly meet the expectations you have of what it would be like. I mean, if I'm show running, I think I'm going to be too busy, like trying to keep my head above water. Yeah. <laughs> like, have a moment. Yeah. It Look how like excited you are about job. being that busy. You're it like, oh, <laughs> it's a terrifying prospect to me. But yeah, I think there is always that thing of wanting more when you're yeah. a human. And I think it's okay. It's like an idea of like leveling up and like getting to the next thing. Like if you, I look, I, <laughs> when I took this movie writing job, like they yeah. gave me a full outline. Like they gave me like all the, like what happens in each act kind of thing. And I was in charge of obviously writing a script for it, but I was terrified. I'm like, I've never written a hundred pages. Like, I don't, what are you talking? I don't like, it was scary but I remember saying to myself like I just <laughs> I want to meet the version of myself at the end of this who's been able to do that and now I've been able to do it so it's like oh okay just keep pushing my target down the field and just see how far you can go with mm-hmm. it all I, you know? I, love that. I think that that's a, it's exciting to me it's exciting to me more than daunting now I'll always have this the feeling of like being terrified I'll always have it like it'll be at the beginning of a journey I'm just being like I fucking, I don't fucking know if I can do this. Like, it's scary to me. Uh, the prospect of failing at something and like, um, you know, having people disappointed in you or being disappointed in yourself with the work that you've done. But yeah, I don't know. I just learned how to set myself up for success in terms of like giving myself enough time to write something for this specific project. But I think there's so many resources of people to talk to, but who've yeah. done the thing that you've done before. So just to have comfort or some insight from them. I think is a beneficial thing and it, you know it, it it's good to kind of prove yourself wrong sometimes or all yeah. the time if it's like a negative thought that you're trying to course out of your body yeah yeah and then having a partner that leans over and goes you you've been here before and you'll yeah. be on the other side again yeah constantly yep yeah yeah and the therapist that does that too right goodness. <laughs> thank goodness um will you paint me a picture of your when I'm a showrunner Here's what I think. Like, I think that we, don't you gather, like when I have my own show, dot, 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 what's a for sure that you want to have when you're a showrunner? I think, uh, man, windows, good snacks. And there's a thing that the head writer for Lily Singh did and to an extent Shab did for Run the Burbs, but it was like check-ins with people. Oh. of like I think it was like every two weeks or so uh with Chelsea she'd be like okay let's just have a quick meeting and I'll tell you what I think you've been doing great and then areas that we can work on and you can tell me how you're feeling about stuff too and like if there's any like obstacles that I can help remove from your path or whatever you need in terms of accessibility or whatever so I think I mean that would be a level of maturity I would like to master to be able to kind of take care of other people because I think show running is a lot about like managing so many different expectations from people and like I think uh learning how to do that I don't think I'll be perfect at the gate for fuck's sake I won't never am um but if there's a way to kind of uh make sure that people are taken care of because I think Mm -hmm. morale is such an important thing in a room yeah yeah I'm just listening to people and like making it clear about why why you're not taking their choice or (laughs) or or you know the network notes that are coming at you that make that impossible or whatever I think that stuff is really important and even like being vulnerable enough to like share like your own frustrations with the room. Yeah. like I know that that person 
is the leader. So you want to give like that. You don't want to give everything away because you want people to have confidence in you. Um, But there is a, there is a beauty in having vulnerability in a leadership position because it just makes you more human. Yeah. Um, So I think, I think that, and just like surrounding myself with people who are like hungry for it and want to do it. Yeah. That's nice. And diverse. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Did you have, um, have you worked with folks that are showrunners that, I think you have, but like what, what levels and what uh, characteristics did you uh, admire in them? As far oh as my like- God. But so many people like Jenica, she's just like, so <laughs> calm. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so like collected about things. And like, and Shreb too, like they just, they don't, this sounds weird, but it, they just don't take out frustrations on people, mm-hmm. like on their, the room or anything. Like you can tell that they're under incredible stress from other forces but like in the room it's like a safe space where it's like you know for a lot of showrunners they're writers so it's like they know that this is the place where all the good stuff happens and like this is a kind of like almost the creative foundation of a show so mm-hmm. to keep that like flame stoked and keep it like burning and keep it like nice mm-hmm. and make sure people are doing okay I think that's really cool and they're calm and I don't think they take things personally that's a nice thing that's something I don't need work on and you and me well, both sister I get it oh my god Every oh, time I get a note, you don't like me is that what you're saying why you just say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know yeah, exactly it was harder in the beginning but now it's like oh, okay I get it I get it I'm we're in service to like the creators of the show versus like if it was mine then it was like it would be different like I'd mm-hmm. fight for the things that I'd want to fight for mm-hmm. you know I'd have the I'd have the ability to do that but not being able to overstep you can't overstep your bounds in the writer's room mm-hmm. so just kind of do the thing that you can do yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right let's wrap the sucker up and turn the tables and you can ask Nikos the question I can ask you a question mm-hmm. oh my god um what has been your favorite project to work on to date and why well gosh isn't that like asking like your favorite child and yeah, that's so easy because I don't have them. kids but I, I think that like, I'm sure you agree with this, but every project brings like the best and the worst from it, you know, like, like I'll look at something like Mr. D and I'll, I loved that I got to hang out with that crew and cast for eight years. That was a treat. And to have that experience where, you know, there's a level of play every day. That was real fun. Uh, and it's fun. That's the thing. That's the consistent mm. factor. Like, uh, Carter, which I was only on for one season, but Gary Campbell runs like fun set and mm-hmm. you go, you go to set Andy Berman as well. And uh, you go to set and it's like, what, what, what kind of fun do you want to play today? And so they're like nurturing this playfulness that is just such a relief. Um, mm-hmm. So Jake Harris, who directed a Disney movie that I did a long time ago, same sort of thing. Like I came in for like, I only had like a couple of days. I came in thinking, oh, I'm just going to play that character that just goes and does the job of the information. And I did like one take and he was like, oh, hold on a second. No, no, no. Do your thing. Hmm. Do the thing that you're, you're being hired to do. And I was like, oh, oh, you want me to actually like bring the sneakers? Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to have fun. I just want to like, and I think like drama is fun. I'm not saying it has to all be comedy, but don't you feel like when you're, when you're cooking along and you're having like some laughs, even if it's tough material, it's like, oh, this is the right groove. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Has that been a pillar for you? Has there been a moment for you that you're like, that was the one of the best things I've ever done? I had a lot of fun doing Odd Squad. I wrote, I I got to play the lead character, obviously. Um, And it's just this one moment where I'm talking through eating a bowl of spaghetti. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never done food in a scene before. And this feels great. So good. I loved it. I, it was, I had like sauce on my face uh, and like, I didn't care. Like that's the thing. I think like the first take, I was like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. But then I was like, oh, just do it. Yeah. Just go for it. And like, let yourself look <laughs> sloppy and gross. Kind of yeah. As opposed to um, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to only take enough that I can talk while I have um, yeah, spaghetti exactly. in my mouth. And I did, um, I shoved it in there and it was love nice. It. it was nice. I mean, I'll say JJ and the sinking ship folks run a good ship as far as fun yeah goes. they're great like yeah I know it's mostly kids but when you get to set you're like I'm kind of one of the kids until yeah. lunchtime and then the kids are like hey oldie back away from the kids table <laughs> yeah. um but I love those sets so much and it's the same sort of thing where you just get to I don't know let your shoulders down a bit and just just yeah let be sloppy with the spaghetti yeah yeah totally it's super fun uh, all right let's do some wrap-up questions fill in the blank to me, a firecracker is. To me, a firecracker is someone who will uh, stand up for what they believe. Oh, I love that. Um, what do you want to be best known for? I think maybe like just like advocating for more diversity. I think that's an important thing for me. Um, and being funny. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's a good combo. Be known for. Yeah, yeah. A funny yeah. activist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fedna Fiati, the head of our social justice department. They're so joyful in their, their work. And so I'm always calling them the, uh, the joyful activist. The joyful activist. Yeah, activist. so you're the funny activist. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. there's t-shirts. <laughs> okay, if this is a movie, what has been like a, a turning point for you, the climactic turning point that changed the trajectory? I always go back to Carolyn Taylor from Fairness on Sketch Show. And we had a dinner after mm. I filmed this sketch in season one and we were in it together. And she was just like so warm and welcoming that day. And then asked if I wanted to like have a chat sometime. And I remember we're sitting in this restaurant and there's an arancini ball on the table. And then she's like, have you ever thought about writing? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Whatever. And she's like, if we get it, if, if, if we get a second season, would mm-hmm. you like to consider uh, submitting a package and I was like yeah I'll do that so I submitted the package so it's just like that moment yeah. I think felt like I didn't know what was coming because when people say they fell into a career I, I've always been like no you didn't but this is like oh I, I stumbled and then I just kept following the path kind of thing like I wasn't intending to be a writer but it yeah. just kind of happened and I like it so that's good I think you love it yeah I do I think you love it like I listen to you talk about like yeah, I just finished a draft. And for me, if I go, I just finished a draft, I'm like, I'm going to start drinking. And if you say it, you're like, I can't wait to get notes and I can get a second draft. And then like, I see how much you love your art. Yeah, yeah, it it, it, it suits my brain. Mm -hmm. I like seeing it. What did you think you were going to do if it wasn't writing? I don't know. I think I was just going to keep doing like comedy, like as much as I could, like the, the acting and stuff like that. I think after working moms, it felt like that was a bit of a trajectory for like more acting stuff, but nothing as big came up afterwards, which is fine um, because a lot of my time is also kind of blocked off for longer writing gigs. I think I was always thinking that I was just going to follow the acting train and figure out how to be 
long lasting with that. Yeah. Do you yeah. miss it? Like, I love how I try to squeak in some extra questions in this wrap up, but do you, um, do you miss like when you find yourself on a path when you're like, Oh, I've been writing a lot. Do mm-hmm. you kind of go, Oh, I, I need to perform. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, um, there's an ego monster in me that like, it doesn't like that writers don't get any credit for anything. Like people don't talk about the writers. It's always like the actors or whatever. And we're making it up for like on on the spot. Oh yeah. There were no writers. (laughs) Exactly. But the other day I went for a walk and this woman was walking past me and she just like stopped and stumbled and she was like, are you? And I was like, "Hmm?" and she's like, are you you an actor? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, you're on Baroness Von Sketch, right? Like I just started watching it and she just talked about it and like how much she loved it and stuff like that. And like, she wouldn't have stopped me if I had just been a writer on the show. Like I'd been in sketches. So it's like, I kind of missed that part of it. Like feeling connected with the the real life response to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the glory of it all. Let's not lie. Yeah, we got egos. And the ego of it all. Um, but it's also like why you started like in front of people to get the response so when we mm-hmm. do t- tv and film you don't get the same sort of immediate response yeah. that you do from yeah. live theater right but there's right. a maybe there's a dream in the future of like excuse me do you write for jam maybe because that maybe. could happen we just have to it like yeah, it won't the... it won't man. um but thank you <laughs> Mark my words. Yeah, my words. <laughs> I, and I do, I still get like once in a while I do day player jobs and stuff like that, which feels nice. Yeah. That's when you have mm-hmm. your partner step in and go, um, she's also a writer on that show. I don't she know your do partner's voice. That's probably not appropriate. That's exactly it. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. What's something that people don't know about you? I'm from Woodstock. How's that <laughs> here? Um, because I'm wearing this shirt right now. Oh, I love it. I'm from when I asked, Woodstock. When I asked Bilal that question, they said, um, I'm moving. Oh, <laughs> thing that people don't know about. I don't know that. I'm moving. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Oh, I love it. What's the, what's been your favorite mistake, and what did you learn from it? I think making assumptions about people. When I've done that before, I'm trying to detach from that kind of thinking. Of like, we throw people in buckets. I think mm-hmm. in our heads sometimes, and I, I think kind of like got this forward momentum where I don't take a moment to kind of like realize who's around me, kind of thing, and how much strength I have around me. So mm-hmm. I think that is like part of what it is of me like kind of like oh don't don't like the quiet ones have things to say you know what I mean yeah the quiet ones have lots of things to say so just like shut up and listen sometimes and ask questions because I remember being the quiet one in the room and feeling left out and whatnot but making sure that I I do my best or whatever to include or like um do what I can to make sure that people are listened to and for me to listen to them too you know what I mean? I do entirely. Yeah. And it's so interesting because yeah. we all balk when we get put into buckets. Yeah. And then I'm with you. Like, it's a, it's a yeah. really great reminder. Thanks for that one. You're welcome. Um, what has, uh, what's something that you haven't done, but you know you have to do? Go on like a surfing vacation. How's that? Oh, what kind? A surfing vacation. A like surfing? A week of it, if I can. If I don't like break all my muscles on the first day. Yeah. And, and, and you know and how to surf, mobile? obviously. Not very well. No. But you know I, who's a surfer is Jennifer Whalen. No way. Really? Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it a bunch of times, but I haven't recently, obviously, because of the world. Uh, but I don't know. I have this. Just, I think it's just winter. What's been the best advice or the worst advice you've ever received? Mm, it's the what's for you won't pass by you. 
Yeah, that's good. 100%. And that's in the best category. I yeah. love it. What makes you feel powerful? Ooh, um, a keyboard. I just love you. Dana. I love you. I love you. Who's a firecracker in your world that we can shine a light on? Uh, you, you mentioned them. I think Bilal, Bilal yeah. Bag, who I think is taking the world by storm right now and is just such a genuinely beautiful person. Uh, yeah. Magic, and right? A little bit magic. Yeah, yeah. that is the yeah. perfect word for them. Yeah. Uh, just so loving and kind and like uh, smart and insightful about the human experience and gentle and yeah I really I really love them and to create for the world yeah Mm. like I honestly I feel like they might have been born out of a flower like I I I don't understand how they you know what I mean yeah yeah. they have this like glow glow and essence of um and, and humor too like it's 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 everything I need to meet their parents I think that's that would maybe yeah yeah, oh, yeah. uh they brought their mom to the room one day on zoom it was very sweet oh like she was just so so smiling and happy and like it was adorable yeah good one what's advice you would have given a younger Nilu? oh teen a teen Nilu? a teen me I didn't come to improv until I was like 29 right yeah. like I had like this whole life before it so it's hard to kind of like figure out what that advice would have been on for, for little me but I think it's just a bit like it's gonna be okay and just like work on your shit man <laughs> like all that stuff that you think is normal isn't isn't normal so like mm-hmm. maybe talk to somebody about it about that I think maybe getting getting that kind of like insight and help earlier would have been would have been probably been nice but it also might have fallen on deaf ears I wouldn't have told myself to go into comedy instead of business I wouldn't have because I think I would have burned out by the time that uh people started realizing that people of color had uh value <laughs> for television I would have been like forget this I'm not going to do this think yeah, about so. like the gem of learning marketing like don't yeah I, I yeah. almost think that m- more artists should learn marketing business right right it was it's started. been very beneficial for me yeah for sure for sure. I just, I really think the world of you. I have such admiration for you as a, as a performer, early days, like performer, producer and person. And just, I'm watching you. And I just, uh, I think, I think the world of you. Oh, stop it. I do. I do. I'm, oh my I'm God. That's very kind of you. I also have strong feelings towards you. You make me laugh all the time. You're so funny. You I remember, I, I think I, I told you this. Didn't I, I remember maybe in like the mid 2000s I lived with uh, a roommate and whenever your commercial would come up with you were is a bank commercial and it was like you were in Mexico or something oh, and yeah. it was like these wishing dolls and the worry dolls Tito's, and that felt like such an improv line to me like it it definitely was but I remember mm. me and my roommate would, used to laugh all the time and wait for your commercial and then when I met you I was like start I was like, you're in Dustin Tito's. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even really missing that. Oh, it's my legacy. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, well, I mean, you have more than that, but it's like, it, it, it's always nice to meet the people that make you laugh, you know? Yeah. Well, back yeah. at you, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. Like the time that we hung out on set was like, it, it feels like you, I really, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. It sounds so smoky, but it feels like you meet 
improv siblings a little bit when you have that kind of chemistry, you know, where you're like, oh, this is easy. And I don't always find that. I like I married one of the not my sibling, obviously, that's so creepy. (laughs) But, you know, like chemistry that Matt and I have on stage, you sort of crave it. And then when you find it, you're like, oh, this is magical. So I really really value it a lot. It feels very wonderful to hear from someone of your stature. Wow. Yeah. I am the investment Tito's. Lady, so. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It brought me so much joy. All right, my friend, go write another draft of something. Thank you. I will. I love you. <laughs> love I'm you so, too. so happy we had this time together. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Bye. Bye, my friend. All I have to say is Nilu Handa. Yeah, and that's all you need to know because if you're watching any kind of TV, I guarantee you she's probably involved with it somehow. Whether she's on it as an actor or as a writer or just as a source of inspiration, she's probably there somehow. I guarantee it. What a treat it was to finally sit down and chat with her. I love that I have this history with Nilo. I love that we share a common love and experience with Second City. I just can't wait to see what I get to do next with Nilu Handa, where our paths cross. This is one of the reasons why Firecracker Department means so much to me because we have such passing conversations with people and we know that we admire them, we know that we respect their work, but we don't know enough about them. And so through Firecracker Department, I've been able to dive deeper into some friendships that have really meant a lot to me. To be able to share them with you, it's just extraordinary. So thank you for listening and thank you for supporting Firecracker Department. Okay, now head over to CBC to catch Run the Burbs and sort of also watch Jan on Crave or CTV. And for the US Firecrackers, you can watch Jan on Hulu. For the latest updates on Nilu, follow her at Nilu Handa and visit her website at niluhanda.com. Also, for more information on Merchie Comedy, follow them at Merchie Comedy T.O. Let us know what resonated for you in this episode by dropping us a comment on our Instagram or tweet us on Twitter at FirecrackerDEBT. Or you can always leave a review on the Apple Podcast, and that sure helps us bring these voices to more people and build our community. Or, you know what? You can send me an email at firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Any which way. I would take snail mail. Uh, pigeons. Whatever you want. I just love connecting with you all. It really means the world to me to have engagement from you. And I love hearing what resonates. And it also helps me think like what you all want to see more of in Firecracker Department or where you want us to go. So keep the suggestions coming. Keep the feedback coming. I'm here for it all. Now to see what we have going on, because there's always lots going on with Firecracker Department, go to our beautiful website that has been beautifully designed by Alyssa Abler at firecrackerdepartment.com. And while you're there, if you haven't already, subscribe to our newsletter that is beautifully created by Fran Caviello and get the inside track on all our upcoming events like the regular writing bursts that happen every Thursday and FYI, we just added another writing burst on Thursday. So now there's one for you international firecrackers at 12 p.m. Eastern time and at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So there's a chance to have a firecracker writing workout twice on a Thursday if you really want. And just for those of you who don't know, the writing bursts are just a chance to work out your writing muscles. You don't have to prepare anything. You just come, you get prompted, you can read back what you read, you don't have to, and you get to hang out with your firecracker friends it's kind of the best thing in the world 
Speaking of other great things in the world, we've got mentorship workshops coming up, wellness mini moments, the script reading series ongoing, our monthly blog posts, and upcoming podcast guests that are just going to rock your world, I bet. We've got something for everyone, and as I always say, the firecracker table has a lot of leaves to it, so just pull up a chair and join us. We'd love to have you because it's way better when you're here. I'm Naomi. Thank you so much for taking the time to connect with Firecracker Department, and we'll see you next time. Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. This episode is edited by Shane Stoltz. You can follow them at Shane Stoltz, all one word, and Shane with a Y. This intro was written by the one and only wonderful Winnie Wong. That's right, she's a triple W. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there, and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.